What up, Johan Yaks? Welcome back to the Rambly Viking Prop Plus. If you have to, maybe one of these days I'll get it right. Welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast, bringing your Monday dose of weird this week, kicking things off with, I don't know, a pretty casual episode, just going to chit-chat a little bit, nothing too crazy, got a few funny notes, nothing too serious, I know Friday was a little bit more of a heavy episode in a lot of ways, but I enjoyed it and I think it was necessary, and uh, I'm really a believer of, you know, people need to speak their mind and tell the truth and try and be honest, and we're, we'd all be better as a society for it too so it's going to be hard sometimes and it might be unpopular other times so but that shouldn't stop us now i'm not saying we shouldn't have some form of tactfulness or the delivery should you know be what am i trying to say you don't have a decent delivery but at the same time just be able to talk about it and talk about serious things so one thing that i love is or as you already probably gleaned i'm a big fan of jordan peterson well, if you're a Daily Wire subscriber, they have this thing called the sit down, the search, the search. And it's Ben Shapiro going to a coffee shop with one of his friends and them literally just chatting, just wherever things go. And you would think, and I mean, it's kind of scripted, it's supposed to be good conversation, but at the same time, hearing he sat down with Jordan Peterson and it was just like an hour or 40 minutes, whatever it was, of just so much depth and I, I can't even understand a lot of what he says but it's one of those where you're like nodding along you just you, you hear him and you go yeah yeah wait I don't even know if I know what that means but it sounds right <laughs> he's just so deep into psychoanalytics and has done you know so much you can tell that he is a very studied man and really I think it really has a good grasp on if you want to call it the human mind, you want to call it the societal kind of mind and, and just how people interact and their inner workings and what the roots are. It's really, really good. So if you're a Daily Wire subscriber, go check it out. If you're not, why don't you go support Daily Wire? What's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. You may not. You may fall on the other side of the aisle, which I would hope, honestly, but because I want a mixed audience. But I feel like... There are shows that I try and watch be like, yeah, I want to be balanced. And then I just sit there and get pissed the whole time. And I'm like, no, that's stupid. You're wrong. That's wrong. And end up turning it off and be like, this just makes me mad when I listen to it. I, I shouldn't do this. This isn't good for my health. Oh, I have stress. You know, it puts me in a stress, stressful, angry, frustrated state. And it's like I need to be able to be able to listen to it and stay calm and Obviously, I'm very passionate, very intense, but that can work to my detriment in terms of confrontation and or confrontational conversations. There is a tongue twister for you, but it's really good. So uh, one thing that's interesting as well that on, on that same note of, of being honest is our pastor at the church we're going to in Denver mentioned this week and, and they actually they released the, the sermons as podcasts so I'll put a link in the description if you want to go listen to it a really really great sermon walking through Exodus but he talks about in prayer and, and, and prayer is something that I personally have struggled with not very good at it and sometimes I feel like I'm being a phony I get imposter syndrome because I'm pretty good I'm decent with words I'll say that I'm decent with take the humble approach right but I can what I'm good at is making it sound good a lot of times and using the right words, using all the right Christianese and, you know, sounding religious. 
And something that resonated with me from the sermon was he talked about, he goes, oftentimes I'm good at religious prayer, but not at honest prayer. You know, God wants our honest, true selves brought forward to him and and, and, and our serious problems, you know, too many times it's, oh, you know, lift this burden from me, help me bear this burden and bring upon my, one of my current favorite prayer phrases is bring your peace and understanding on me. Cause you know, who doesn't want God's peace and understanding? Uh, but of course, and it's hard sometimes because sometimes I feel like, am I just giving lip service and just saying this or, you know, is this actually coming from my heart? Because a lot of things, a lot of the Christianese, if you will, is Christianese because, it's a way to pray and it's, and it is, are, is things that are either gleaned from the Bible or just gleaned from, you know, the Christian history to what's the word, you know, to, to pray and to pray meaningfully. So it was an interesting thought though, as far as, you know, praying religiously, like, you know, I can say the right words and use all these good phrases and yada, yada, and use the classic phrases and then there's there's also being authentic or genuine and i think prayer especially personally for me I, like i said i'm i'm very good with prayer words i was my stuco chaplain at my christian school and so i was always praying and on the intercom and praying in chapel and doing sort of stuff so and i've always been good at it and it feels weird to say i'm good at praying but because nobody's really bad at praying and honestly i i like the I like the, I like the not smooth, silky smooth prayers because there's a, that means that you are, you are being frank. You are being honest and upfront. And there's, there's that, that authenticity there for me. I don't always feel that. And it's a struggle that I deal with. It is like, okay, am I, because in a lot of ways it's just how I talk, but am I just, you know, am I going into my prayer mode and, uh, prayer Gus is coming out and he's, you know, time to wordsmith up, <laughs> you know, straighten my tie and <clears throat> want to be prim and proper in front of God. And it's like, that's actually missing the point then, you know, that's pharisaical. That's what the Pharisees were called out for in a lot of ways is praying in these, in these long, eloquent prayers on the street corners in front of people showing off. Look at me. I'm praying. Look how good at praying I am. And I think sometimes that's, that's what I do. And whether I'm, I think in some ways too, it's almost become a little bit of muscle memory in so far as like, I just, I'm not even trying to do it and it just happens. So that's something that, you know, I've really tried to check myself on lately is to just be upfront, be authentic, you know, and not, cause it's kind of funny, right? It's like, I got these problems, but I don't want to like talk about, it. I don't want to talk about the little minuscule, you know, where, and we, that's the other things too. We almost always kind of pray far away, like heal this person, be with this person who's seriously struggling. And we look at ourselves, it's like, I'm doing all right, God. And it's like, what are you, what you're doing all right. It's like, no, this is, this is akin to you go to your therapist and you're just talking about everything that happened. Just word vomit on them. Like, that's what God really is. He sits back and he listens and he, and he wants to be in our lives. And part of that is that prayer. So I bet you didn't expect this to be just a whole religious podcast. So if you're, if you're thinking about tuning out, I'm saying stick with me. We're not going to be hyper religious here, but just walking through this. And, you know, I think the same can be, I think then that same thought can be extended to 
Like I think about when you, you know, when you go to church and you're casually talking to people or you're just, you go out and you casually talk. It's like, yeah, you kind of, personally, I don't really like small talk that much. I'm not saying I won't do it and sometimes it's okay, but in general, I despise it with the burning passion with thousand suns. And just, I'm, I'm always someone who's like to be real. And this is, this is an interesting dichotomy here because I sit here and I'll be upfront and honest and kind of speak my mind and opinionated, but then it's like I go, then when I go to talk to, you know, my creator, our creator, the creator is I, I'm finding myself, I don't know, putting on a show a little bit sometimes, but in some ways that's just how I talk. And in other ways though, and I had a very frank conversation in prayer the other day, sitting outside shirtless, reading a book like a man, it was 70 degrees and I was getting a little sun trying to prep for this cruise next week. And, and it was different. It felt weird, felt off because I think there's this, it's ingrained in our culture, at least the modern Christian, Western American culture you know, there's a certain way you pray. And I'm not saying that there isn't necessarily good guidelines to follow, like the Lord's Prayer and whatnot, but become tradition, become habitual, and it's like you don't even have to think about them. And I think we've been a little too deeply ingrained with, you know, you need to sound this way when you pray. And I think there's there could be some serious power and some serious spiritual movement in if people would be willing to open up more and especially in front of groups, right? It's like, how do I, and it's like, it's like, I don't want to bring up all my baggage and yeah, you're right. Maybe that's not necessarily the place, but at least in your personal time, just to like sitting down and be like, God, I don't know what to do about this. Like, I don't, I don't understand this. Why are you doing this? And honestly kind of complain to God. And that was part of the sermon was, you know, we complain and we groan about everything, but then, then to direct those into a, and this is, pulling from Exodus, a cry to God, basically, you know, Israel was groaning under this, the, their slavery. And then, but then they directed that as a cry upwards. And so talking about horizontal complaining versus vertical complaining, and it might feel weird and wrong and could put you in a bad place if you almost, you know, quote unquote, complain to God. But in some ways too, he's just happy you're talking to him. And, and so it's okay to maybe, you know, to voice any and all frustrations, complaints, shortcomings, sadness, anything and everything and being authentic. And that's something that I'm seriously working on. And, you know, it's a weird balance because I think sometimes it's, it's that doubt and that shame that always tries to, you know, keep us far from God and not let us get closer where that, that creeps in is like, you don't really mean what you're saying. You're not being authentic. Like, aha, you're just, you're just all show. And and to and sometimes sometimes it may be right, but sometimes I think that's just the, the you know the doubt that wants to come in. It's the same as the shame that wants us to make us feel we're not good enough. It's like I'm too bad to go to church. God doesn't want me, and it's like no, God is always sitting there waiting. He's just waiting for you, and is like I'm ready, man. I'm ready as soon as you are. Is just <laughs> as I've said so many times when it's like, hey man, you want to do this? It's like look, I'm ready to go. You just let me know. Give me give me the word, right? Like I just want to hear from you. And I'm learning more and more that's really a lot of times God's view towards us is that he just wants to hear from us. So, I mean, shoot, saying some curse words, I'm not saying that's right or that's smart, but I'm not saying you're going to get smitten either. Smited, smitten, smote. And, you know, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but just being 
you would at least be genuine and you would be being honest and genuine and, you know, authentic. And that's really what we're looking for. We're not looking for the whitewash buttoned up version. And too many times I think when, you know, people are afraid to, you know, maybe pray to pray to people, like, I need to sound eloquent. I need to sound good. And as someone who can kind of sound eloquent, also sound like a total idiot, but part of becoming eloquent is you literally practice and you work through and you have those times where you stumble over your words and sound like an idiot. Here I am 280 episodes in almost and I still can't get the intro all the time on the first try. I maybe get it about half the time. It's not a good shoot. 50% sounds great from three or <laughs> it would be incredible as a batting average. But in terms of getting your intro <laughs> on a podcast, 50% is not great. <laughs> You know, you don't want to shoot 50, you want to shoot 80, 90, it needs to be free throw level percentage. And that's not where I'm at. So something to think about, some food for thought. Now let's get into some more lighthearted stuff, fun stuff. For example, I guess maybe it's Colorado, maybe it's me, maybe it's the people I've been, you know, who I've just been around. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybelline? Let me know in the comments. But... Several through several people I have heard who have seen me driving my F-150, not lifted, leveling kit, but not lifted, not big tires, not really beefed up in any way. Actually, has a chipped tooth. If you're wondering what that is, it's I have a little bug shield and I I caught it in the alleyway on this tree backing up into my parking spot and it nicked the, you know, a foot off the right side off. Pretty pissed about that. But I... Yeah, I've been told, man, you know, is that is that you? Is that your massive truck? Is that what a tank of a truck? And I, I look at it and I'm like, I, I mean, it's a truck, and trucks are big, especially modern trucks. But then I was like, I don't, you know, just an F one fifty. It's there's a ten million of them across the country, and I guess that there there's a slight difference. Colorado has plenty of big vehicles and off road vehicles. I mean, you if you want to see the history of Subaru, come to call it, come to Denver, you will see. You know, 1990s, 2000s, 2010, you'll see everything from the newest one to one that's probably got 250,000 miles on it, still going strong, barely, you know, with the doors barely hanging on. And so that's, that's kind of fun. You know, you don't see that in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, though, I guess what you see is there's an F-150 on every corner, just like there's a church. And, and more or less from getting here, I was like, oh, there's plenty of trucks, big vehicles. But then when I really, after hearing that comment on you know the size of my truck a couple times which feels good but also feels dis feels you know i look at that and go "Ah, that's not a big truck but then i started looking around i was like you know what you really don't see a ton of you know half ton what i would call full-size pickups basically so silverados your sierras your f-150 you see you see some older ones which were smaller in stature but you you know you what you see is you see the narrow Good for mountain roads, mountain pass. You see Jeeps. You see Tacomas. You see things like that. I see a lot more canyons and rangers than I do F-150s. And so come to think about it, this is similar to, I don't know if I've ever talked about Hawaii. Like, that is Tacoma Central. I saw a Toyota dealership that was all Tacomas. No exaggeration. Literally, that's all they had. That's all they sold. And if you know anything about Hawaii, there's narrow roads. And so it's like, yeah, when you might think having a, full-size truck is good but it's like it's actually narrow and kind of windy and tight spaces and so you need maneuverability to be along with the off-road capability so your t- truck like a tacoma is better it's narrower smaller it's more maneuverable mine's a bit of a tank sometimes but starting looking around I go, you know what there's really not 
a ton. You get those mid-size SUVs too. Those uh, a lot of Forerunners, a lot of like Toyota Highlanders, uh, Rav4s, Explorers, Escapes, things like that. And I started realizing, you know, I guess maybe there aren't just a crap ton of trucks around here. So I'll take it. I'll take the win. I'll take the compliment. I'll take one for the team. But yeah, it was something that never really came across my mind. But now hearing it a couple times, I'm like, okay, you start hearing something. You hear something several different ways from peop- from parties who are not, you know, hearing each other say this. Then maybe there's something to it. But maybe I'm just full of it. Uh, on the note of driving, I just want to say this is a PSA to Denver and Denver drivers. I did not anticipate the sluggishness. The slowness, the lethargicness, the lackadaisicalness, the sandbagginess of your drivers. But holy crap. I, I mean, I've lived in a city, and this is a bigger city, so you expect traffic. But also, I almost expect when, when you go to Dallas, and there's people just flying around at 95 and bobbing and weaving, crossing six lanes to get to the exit right before, you know, and not hit the median. And I kind of expected, I get it snows and there's weather. And so obviously I've seen, you know, there's people are more adapted to driving in the snow and they, they do drive smart. They drive slower. They give them times, they give themselves space to stop. But all in all, even when it's clear and nice, I'm like, okay, you know, people start flying, right? They're like, sweet, no snow because they get snow. And so they're like, look, we're gonna have to drive slow because of the weather so much that we're going to, we're going to guess it. No. And at first I thought, man, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just being impatient. But looking at it, I mean, some of the speed limits on the highways and freeways around once you get in the heart of the city are a little bit slower. But all in all, on average, slow drivers out here. I guess they're just more patient, more laid back. I don't know. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the, maybe it's the weed. I don't know. Maybe everyone's just, hey, man, just take it easy. Take your time. But yeah, whatever, pothead, I got places to be. <laughs> And I don't know, maybe it's the, maybe it's the more spread outness of Oklahoma, but drivers and typically I think, you know, drivers, bad drivers in Oklahoma, which I think there's are less bad drivers here. And you might say, well, it's because they're not driving so fast. Maybe Oklahomans drive way faster though. And that's not the bar. That's not a high bar to beat. You know, we're not saying, I mean, we all know Texas drivers because their state is massive. They're, they're crossing, you know, they're bigger than how many countries their state is, and they're like, look, we got to get across this thing. I ain't got time to waste just moving across the plains of West Texas. You know, 95, that's the, that's set your cruise and get to it. <laughs> but Oklahoma is not really that, that fast of a state, and notoriously a lot of the speed limits, I would argue, are a little bit too slow. They finally just got 75-mile-an-hour speed limits on the open plains parts of I-40 that goes through Oklahoma. You know, we're only 15 years behind everyone else doing that. But then coming up here, I was like, holy cow, like I'm bobbing and weaving like it's fast and furious. And I'm trying to rob a DVD player truck. I told you how old that movie is. And, and, but I'm not even driving fast. A lot of times I'm doing the speed limit and doing that. Whereas back home, it's like, you got to be going five or 10 over to, or 15 over to, to really be bobbing and weaving. So Denver drivers, y'all are slow. And I'm not saying you need to speed up, but at least get to the speed limit. That's where that's what kills me, really. Like it'd be one thing if everyone's oh, speed limit's 55, we're all driving 55. 
No, it's like there's people driving 45, there's people driving 50, 52, 48, a couple people driving 60, and I'm like, I'm with the, I'm with the fast homies. I'm you, you guys, there are too many people and there's too much traffic to sit here and just be casual about, yeah, let me just drive 45, and maybe you get so adapted to the traffic, you just think, oh, it's traffic, and so I just always drive this slow because I anticipate traffic, and or more often than not, I'm driving in traffic where it is this slow, so I've gotten used to it, so I've enjoyed it, and I, to that I say no. I say, when there is no serious traffic that is slowing me down, speed limit. (laughs) Hit it. Hit five over. I don't care. But speed that thing up. It is, look, I'm episode 28, great episode on, the. I think, the underpinnings of why road rage is so ubiquitous throughout our throughout everybody, right? Everyone has some level of road rage and I think I manage mine pretty well. I give a lot of grace and am more patient because I just realize it's not good for my health. But here it has been brought out and it took me a minute to be like, why am I, I'm normally don't, I'm not road rage like this. So what, what's going on? What's happening? And then after talking to my wife, she was like, everyone drives slow here. And I was like, oh, you think that too? And then as the more we've driven, you know, being here since now to, you know, two and a half months realizing I think people drive slower here. And I think not being used to that drives me insane because namely it's people driving under, I got behind someone yesterday. Roads were clear. I mean, yeah, we've had snow, but there it's the ground's too warm. It's been pre-treated and everything. It was water. There was no ice forming. It wasn't that late yet to, to really have any, you know, you're not talking 10 PM at night where you're actually going to have some ice build up because it's cold enough and the traffic dies down enough. I mean, these roads were clear. I think it was 55 or 60 was the speed limit. They were doing like 45. And at first, when we first got on, there was a line of cars. And I was like, okay, there's just people up here. And then I get over and realize there are 10 car links between the car in front of me and that line of cars that I saw. And so, I mean, I gunned it and got around and was like, what did we... Because we all acknowledge that at some point, you know, driving slow and cautious actually makes you more of a hazard if everyone, everyone around you is going at least normal speed or the speed limit. So... Yeah, Denver, you slow, okay? I don't know why, but I just just get up to the speed limit. I'm not asking people to fly around and be dangerous. And maybe that's the other thing. Maybe it's full of self-aware, horrible drivers. And so they're like, I'm going to go slow because I suck. <laughs> and good for you. To which I would say, improve your driving, do a class, or just start being more conscientious and be like, how can I get better? And then get up to the speed limit. My goodness. So I guess the theme of today is cars and driving because the, that's the next note I have too. Lube and Latte. Yep, that is a mechanic shop that I saw the other day and fun name, right? And fitting. Sounds very Denver. Sounds very hipsterish. You ready for it to get even more apropos or on point, whatever you want to call it? Underneath the title Lube and Latte, I was like, whoa, you know, it's an eye catcher for sure, right? It says hybrid specialist. And I'm like, that is the most Denver mechanic I have ever seen. Like everything that is, that is grade A marketing and design. Say, what are you going to do? We're going to specialize in working on hybrids, but also we're going to, we're going to put together this great little coffee shop here. So all the, I'm like, that is the most on par, (laughs) like nail on the head thing that you could think of. It was like lube and latte. It's like, Oh, what do you do? It's all this cool little trendy mechanic. And they do lattes. Oh, what kind of cars do they mainly work on hybrids? Now, that being said, I have scheduled my service to get my oil change and tires rotated on my 
out back there. Uh, I will not be doing, enjoying a latte because I don't do coffee. Hard pass. I might, I might try some hot tea if they have that, but we'll see. And they had great reviews. And because of course that also makes sense that the, the type of person that is prone to go to a place like that is also the type of person who's prone to leave a Yelp review about their mechanic, which is helpful, but I'm, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying it all fits it. The the shoe fits every single shoe fits. And I mean the outfit to a T it's like when you see someone who is, you find out they're hipster and you look at the way they dress and it's hipster and everything about them like fits this certain persona. Probably, probably what people think when they look at me, it's like, Oh, what is he? He's a, long beard, long haired Viking. Who's a staunch conservative and freedom loving gun toting ax throwing Hanyak. Yeah, it all fits. Okay. I like to think that I'm not that type of, you know, I'm not that full blown stereotype, but that's how, that's how things work though. It's, you know, it's kind of, everything's interconnected and we've talked about that. So Lubin Latte. Yeah. If you're ever in Denver and need mechanic work and you're ever on the West side of Denver, we'll see. I'll let you know after my appointment's Wednesday. So Friday's episode, I might let you know and how they do and what I think of the place. And if you're a latte person like the coffee shop, I will say that's a smart aspect because a lot of mechanic shops just have their dingy little front office with two crappy chairs, some day and a half old coffee and so little jug of water with the paper cups and at magazines from 12 years ago with some soap opera playing on their 1999 14 inch television up in the corner and it's just like what in the what who thought this i get it you minimize cost but i think investing in a decent waiting area if that's going to be a viable option that's the thing if you if if you're going to have a crappy waiting area i don't know have somebody have a runner who's like hey i can give you a ride back to work back to your house whatever and we'll pick you up that's what i would do personally and i know that's an extra expense but i think that would go far enough because a lot of times it's either look you got to schedule time off you got to do this and you maybe don't have you know don't want to wait or it's going to take so long that you can't wait and save you money on uber or trying to corral a friend into getting you from the mechanic and giving you a ride to and from we'll just offer that or we got a coffee shop and we're serving up lattes, hang out, free Wi-Fi. Here you go. Check it out. Right. And to me, that's a worthwhile investment. Now I haven't seen their setup. So I will give you, of course, the full breakdown of Lubin Latte. Let's say Friday, hopefully. And I'm apprehensive about that because I'll get to that here at the end as we close it out and wrap it up. But yeah, it is the most, (laughs) I don't even know what to call it on point like they know their audience and they know who they're marketing to and then the people are like look this is our mechanic shop so it all fits so good job all around lube and latte top top tier i mean you know because sometimes i think we see the disconnect where businesses or places try and be something that they're not or they're or they're like you don't understand that you, like a retro video game bar you know shouldn't be try and be a a a chill high class cigar bar right that's 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 not what you that's not what you are you know you no no no. you're gonna want the the millennials the 20s 30s and 40s year olds who are wanting to relive their childhood of video games play these arcade games that's who you want you don't you're not gonna want the guy who's gonna come in and get a you know, $40 glass of whiskey with a paired with a $25 cigar and like chill out in their, you know, blazer suit. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying know your identity a little bit, self-awareness and 
step up so and then you'll see success like lube and latte shout out to lube and latte i'm already giving them so much praise and i haven't even been there i don't even know if they'll do a good job they offered me the best price undercutting the competitors who were more or less chains by like 20 to 30 dollars depending because i called around to several places because that's what you do and then i was like oh yeah i forgot yelp is the thing and i looked up best oil change or whatever and that's what we're going to do. So I actually have to cancel my one at Firestone. That's a funny thing. But yeah, Loop and Latte, hilarious. I might put their link down below. I haven't even looked at their website, so I don't know. Finally, we'll end with a little bit of rage. And you can tell me how you feel about this sort of thing. We'll close out with this nice little rant. Make it a bit, right? Close out with a fun, set, set, set the timer for two minutes or something like that and rant about it. So here's... Here's my Viking rage. I hate when finales, whether they be seasons or movie series, are broken up into two parts. For example, one of the best shows, my favorite shows of all time, Breaking Bad, unfortunately did this. So many shows I like have done this, but when they say the final season is coming, but it's coming in two parts, well, then it's not the final season. At least part one is not the final season. And so there's two levels to this, right? A, you're lying to me, and breaking up into two parts to me is just more of a cash grab trying to just stretch it out a little bit. It's like, we don't want it to end, so we're going to keep it going. And it's like those, it's like any athlete who's played just past their prime and ends up riding the bench, John Howard style, to win a championship with the Miami Heat. It's like he's even still a play. He's on the end of the bench. He never sees the court and is not going to. It's like you're practically a coach at this point. So maybe hang it up, buddy. Type situation. That that's how I feel about these, and I absolutely despise them. Nothing irritates me more. So the only recompense is if it, if if they are full seasons, because more often than not, what happens is saying, okay, say it's ten episode seasons typically. And they're like, all right, it's the final season coming, you know, which I think it's good when they'll acknowledge that it's the final season, not due to not being renewed, but just being like, I think this is, you know, we need to close out the story. And because every story has its terminus, its endpoint, and has a good endpoint, and then has a, we wanted to milk this as long as we could endpoint. And too many times it's, the latter, not the former that gets reached, but a few shows have hit it where they're like, yep, this is all we're going to do. We're going to close out here. And it, and it's good, right? You know, it leaves you. Yes. Wanting more. You're like, man, I wish it could have been longer, but everything got wrapped up nicely. Personally, I feel that way about the blacklist. I've gotten all caught up and up to date with it. And I'm, I'm, I've kind of disinterested where, where they left things. Connor, I know you're listening. So I'm curious to get your thoughts, but I think it's gone. I think I think they passed the the good terminus, the proper terminus. I'm not saying they couldn't have continued the show, but I'm thinking they shouldn't have, right? Because I'm still probably gonna at least watch it for a little bit. The same thing happened to me for The Office, though. Like when Michael, Steve Carell left, we can debate this. I've debated it before, but he he was quintessential to making The Office The Office. And yes, it still carried on and was still entertaining and good. And they, they, they still did a good job with it in those final, whatever, three or four seasons that came after it. But it, it just, at its core, was not the same. You're fundamentally, it fundamentally shifted. And to me, when, you, when you're going to have a, a quintessential character leave, you, need, you might need to seriously consider just ending the show there. And I get things now being more privy to, oh, this 
this actor had this happen or, you know, they, they had a falling out. And so they're getting written out of the show type situation. Cause sometimes I remember in house, there was one guy who randomly committed suicide and I was like, what it was a super sad episode and the whole thing. And it was like, yeah, he was just done with the show. <laughs> he was, the actor was done with the show. And so we had to write him out and I was like, Oh, never even thought about that. You know, just thought the, they would just, it was all just based on the story, right? It had nothing to do with outside factors of the actor and the behind the scenes stuff, but politics, but it does. Anyways, so 10 seasons, right? Or 10 episodes. You will, what will see the fullest extent of my rage is when they say broken up into two parts and not meaning, all right, final part one, 10 episodes, final part two, 10 episodes. They go five and five. Oh, so now we're doing half seasons and for no real reason too. It's not like, oh, we need time to shoot. No, no, no. You never hear that. It's always just we just want to draw it out for one more year and draw out the suspense. And to me, it overly, it, and I probably do this with stories, probably have done this with this story right here. To me, what it does is there's a point where you keep trying to build suspense and then people become disinterested, right? When you're telling a story, you're trying to get a good build up. You want to, you know, maybe set the scene a little bit, but then like I probably do way too much. You spend way too much. You spend 10 minutes. It's like, all right, get to the point, get on with it. You, you, now I, now I'm annoyed. Because I just want to know. You drug this out too far. There's that healthy amount of suspense to build. And it is lazy. It is a lazy cash grab to go, final season, two parts. It's not the final season. Oh, and it's only, they're only half seasons. When it release on, when it releases on disc or whatever, it'll be all uniform. And the problem is, is they're actually then cutting off and they have to put a hard break in the middle of a season which would normally they'd have time to write out over 10 episodes and it's like, all right, segue, you know, ending that's going to segue into the following season or arc, if you will. And now it's, you're getting half an arc over and you're stopping at the apex and then you have to wait another year and pick right back. And it's just an awkward, abrupt stop. I hate it. It's horrible. Anytime I see final season going to be in two parts and I get like, so Harry Potter did it with the, the final movie. Now that's to me a little bit different. Because movies are more time constricted. And I am totally fine, for example, with Lord of the Rings, extended edition, each movie is two discs. It works out because then you're trying to maximize the content, maximize the amount of storytelling. And with Harry Potter specifically, they did Deathly Owls Part 1 and Part 2 because they were like, look, we can jam this all into one movie and it might be kind of lackluster, still might be kind of good, or we can, if we, if we, Break it up into two parts, which maybe isn't the best outwardly looking, but break it up into two parts and we can have two full movies, four hours worth of content because we're we're, we're coming to the finale, right? And to me, it worked out fine and it was justified and that worked and everything made sense. But a lot of times it's just just like, we're going to draw it out. It's like, you didn't need to do this. Just one fell swoop, please. Just make it the final season. Let it have a good terminus. Or if you want to draw it out, because that's the thing in series... That can't happen is they can get too drawn out and take too long to develop. And for the sake of just getting episodes out and, and, and content out. And so being concise, because on one hand, I look at, for example, Lord of the Rings, the trilogy, the movies, and I would love for all of those to be 10 episode series. So you'd have 10 hours per book to really flush out and really get into the depths of it and explore different Character arcs, and I think if it was made nowadays, that would be the best way to do it. But 
they are perfection in as far as motion pictures go. So I'm not complaining. They are amazing. But Harry Potter could have been the same. I mean, that could have been that could have been eight instead of eight movies. It could have been eight seasons. Now, how cool! And then that allows you to explore depths of you know side stories and character development and different things. And not to say that you know I think there's the that they won't do that now. And you're seeing that with Fantastic Beasts series, which is kind of prequel stuff. The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, which based on what I've seen and what I've heard from people who are more in the know about the lore of Tolkien and whatnot in the Second Age. Not Rings of Power. Amazon did exactly what we expected. They woked it. They ruined it. They took too many liberties, and they are not sticking to the core lore, and that's an issue. So I think that's going to be a huge face flop. I don't think this fan base is one to toy with. When you toy with that, people take it way too seriously. Did I just say that? People take it very seriously, rightly so. I'm trying to, you know, slowly. I think I would love to learn Elvish and learn some of the language because they're actual languages, and that's and it's the depth of it that Tolkien took it to, and the the masterfulness of it that makes him such a legend and makes this this epic such a legend. You know, because there's so much to it. But that being said, Warner Brothers apparently is coming out with the War of the Rohirrim, which is a a side story, and they're making a it's a movie, but it's about more or less a singular event. And I'm like, that's awesome. See, now. The Rings of Power is a series covering a bunch. Word has it they might be trying to cover thousands of years and condense it down into 10 episodes or whatever. Don't love that. Like, just take your time. There is so much depth to Middle-earth and that the history and the lore. There could be 100,000 movies and series made covering it all. Kind of like how, you know, now there's more... Like Rogue One of Star Wars. One of the best Star Wars movies ever made and it's about this little piece of time that was well done and that's what i want to see and hope to see and you could even go within the lord of the rings trilogy and not contradict it but do other side stories and go more into depth you know between books or between films what have you that i think would be awesome so anyways that was we got way off track there i hate despise rather when they try and break up final seasons into two parts so really you're getting two half seasons that is one story arc and separated, you know, a year apart. So annoying, so stupid. Does that bother you? Do you mind it? Do you like it? Are there good examples, bad examples? I want to know your thoughts on that subject, but I absolutely hate it. And it'll make me not like a show. I mean, it already puts me in a bad mood than watching the ending, and I'm probably not going to like it as much. Because a lot of times when they're doing tricks like that, they're also doing... They're not, they're not, they're not ending it well a lot of times because their motivations, I would say, are greedy and wrong. And if, if you, if you truly respect the art, you'll do the art properly and then it will show in, in terms of viewership, in terms of popularity, in terms of awards, nominations, accolades, it will show. And that's what you see in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which even Christopher Tolkien didn't like because there were, there were certain liberties taken there, but it stayed true to the lore I think and and that's why it you know won so many academy awards is cuz they did it right. You want an example of how things should be done it's that way. But anyways, wow, I still cranked out 40 minutes from those. So all about cars, mechanics. How do you find a mechanic? Lube and latte. Excited to try it out, get my full review. So, let's get this Norwegian goodbye rolling. That'll do it for this episode of the Rambling Viking podcast. A little bit of news next week. I'm going on a cruise with my family. 
Really excited. First cruise ever. Real excited. But being on a cruise, you're just thinking, oh, so no episodes next week. Not entirely. TBD on that. I think I'm trying to maybe pre-record some things this week. I've got some Blessings Born on a Tragedy coming and, and other things. And if I can get them in this week, I will schedule them. So at the very least, you might get a Wednesday midweek episode. But you may not get the full three episodes that I've been doing. And if that's if that's the case, you now know why. Went on a cruise. And I will be back the following week. We'll get back on the normal schedule, though. So I'm, I'm at least going to try and give one to two episodes next week. Ideally, I would love to just keep three and we'll see. We'll see how it works out though. We're, we're heading out Thursday this week and that's why I'm like shaky on Friday. Cause I got to head, we got to head back to Oklahoma, then head down to Houston and we're, we're taking out Thursday. So I'm trying to coordinate. It's going to be crazy. going to be busy trying to record not only just to get this, this week's full rack of episodes done, um, namely Fridays, but then trying to also do coordinate next week's and pre-record do ahead of time. That's a lot of planning that I'm, I've only done once or twice where I've really been ahead of the curve like that. So that's what's happening, though. That's updates in this world. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you have a story of some sort that is, you know, blessings born out of tragedy or hardship. So maybe something, a hard time in your life or a struggle you went through or a challenge and you overcame, you got through or you're still struggling through it. But there's growth and learning there. I think the most growth that we have are, are when we face the hardest times and do something struggle. I mean, I talked about that in Friday, how you need to embrace and seek out struggle in your life because it is healthy for us. But if you have a story or an experience that fits that bill that you, you found some serious blessing out of said tragedy or struggle and you'd like to share it, be open to sharing it. Cause I think that, that makes for powerful stories, but also encouragement, encouraging stories to other people. So please, please let me know if you missed my book review of Carnivore Code, which was last month's book. Check it out. Or if you're curious about this month's book, it's Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. If you want to get it, read along. If not, be on the lookout for my review. Or if you have read it and would like to give, give a short summation or your own review, written or auditory, send it my way and I'll include it in my final review and can give some feedback on what you, some of the listeners have thought of that book and some of the insights and lessons you've found. So, so far it's been a great enjoyment. Jordan Peterson is just incredible. I think, I think in, in time history will look back and see Jordan Peterson as a significant intellectual of this time period, because I mean, honestly, he, the way he speaks, how he speaks and the things that he speaks to are very powerful. And just reading the book in some ways, a, I, and I'm only in the second rule. I, I not only have felt, man, I'm really underperforming, really a failure, but then also I'm feeling, yeah, okay, I'm going to start doing and, and just being able to implement. So I'm feeling simultaneously feeling challenged and encouraged, which is good uh, to be better. And it, 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 it almost, you know, it talks in such a good way where, where I kind of talked about how I, I shame myself a lot of times to motivate myself, like at the gym, call myself weak, call myself fat, et cetera, et cetera. It does that and it, and it rides that perfect balance where it's not too overbearing in the shame department to make you feel like a total failure and lose motivation, but it's also not too happy-go-lucky, like you can do it where it's corny and you're like, okay, now you're just blowing smoke. It toes that line perfectly. And that's actually a big theme of his book is the yin and the yang is where the best life lives between that 
on that balance between order and chaos. So not to give too much away, but I better stop talking now. So thank you so much for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. If you're new here, welcome to the Hanyak Horde. Make sure to go follow the Instagram page, Facebook page. It's where I post new episodes and the updates. If you want to see me raw liver, go check Facebook and Instagram. Posted the full video there. It's hilarious for you, horrible for me, but now fun memory. And yeah, also if you want to know more about crazy liver related stuff or just crazy go check out liver king super entertaining he's awesome if you have any book suggestions for me to read as i try and read a book a month throughout for this year please send them my way and as i do not have the full year planned out as well would love to hear any suggestions you might have and or if you want you want to hear me read and do a book review and get my take on it i don't know why you want to get my take nothing special about me just a hanyak over here who likes to talk so that does it for this episode, though. That's enough rambling. Thank you for tuning in to the Rambling Viking. That is your Monday dose of weird. We will see you back here Wednesday for your next dose of weird. Remember, I will be gone next week, but still should get some episodes. This is your head, Honyok, signing off. <laughs>